Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to The Report with Phil Turdbecker. I'm your host, Phil Turdbecker, and this is The Report. Breaking news this morning, controversial podcaster Juan Adewan has been found dead outside of his home. This was shocking considering he was only 26 years old and there was not a trace of COVID in his system, which would have explained the sudden dropping dead outside of his home. Apparently, according to the report, he was found dead after receiving a shout out from his favorite political podcaster, Andrew Clavin, specifically on episode 1047, right at the five minute mark, when Andrew Clavin reads his comment out loud to his audience. The report staff reached out to some of One Out of One's fans and got a couple of responses that were very enlightening and very moving. One of the fans reached out and said, Wait, who is this? Another one came forward and said, Yeah, I think I listened to maybe two of his episodes. It was all right. Another one came in and said, Yeah, I remember this guy. I remember him really well. He's the one that made that really inappropriate chlamydia joke and then had the nerve to read the Bible on air. Such a scoundrel. I'm glad he's dead. And then one more jumped in right as we were leaving and said, thank God he's dead. Now I don't have to tell him that he was adopted. Don't we all share that? Don't we all share that feeling? Now we're going to move over to sports with our sports coordinator, Roger Turdick. Thank you, Phil. I'd like to go ahead and just, uh, I'll give you a little bit of a story before I give you the sports of the day. I think everybody here knows I grew up playing hockey, okay? I, I, I was born right outside of Detroit. And I've been playing hockey my whole life. I love hockey. And as soon as I moved down here to Tennessee, I immediately tried to get on the hockey scene. And that's when I discovered at the ripe old age of 45 that absolutely nobody in the South watches hockey, making all of my skills and all of my knowledge useless. So, Bulldogs are probably going to lose come Friday. So that's about all I can tell you. Back to you, Phil. Thank you for that report, Roger. And more breaking news, it turns out that one out of one is actually not dead. It seems he was just exasperated and passed out, and people were just walking over and around him for days on a time, until a good Samaritan came along, and I'm sorry, I'm afraid that we cannot report what he did on air. Moving on to the weather, we're going to move back over to you, Roger, who is doubling over in place of our friend Regis Turd Sticker. Roger? Yeah, so over here in weather today, I think everybody pretty much knows how this is going on. According to weather forecasts that we've seen for the past couple of weeks, all of us are currently, right now, dead because of climate change. Back to you, Phil. Thank you very much for that report, Roger. Tomorrow morning, we'll meet back to discuss how many people have to listen to Coldplay before everyone realizes it's not cool to listen to Coldplay anymore. Until next time, this has been The Report with me, Phil Turdbecker. Glad we could get that atrocity of a joke system out of the way. Hey guys, so uh, yeah, I really suck at this, but I like to do it anyways. So if you guys want to jump in and uh, be a guest, come on, let me know. I'd be happy to have people on just to talk. I'm better when I'm with people. You can tell by looking back at the episode that I did with Pastor Blake or the two episodes I did with Jeb. I am significantly better at this when I do it with people and I'm giving you an open invitation let me know if you'd like to join in, and I will make a way where we can do something, uh, at least for as many of you as possible, where we can do an episode together and just have a good time and have some laughs. Now to move on to kind of a more serious topic today before we get on to uh, the devotional later. I hate myself for saying this, but 
I'm making TikToks. I've been making TikToks for a couple of weeks now. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just find my, I just, I'm just sitting there and I'm just doing nothing and I get an idea. I'm like, Haha, that's a great idea. I should put that in a podcast and then it's on TikTok. I don't sit and watch TikTok for hours on end. I make stuff. I don't know why I do this. It's like a compulsion. It's like, you know what? People got social media addictions. I've got to create stupid crap on TikTok addiction. And it pretty much just ends with me making stupid crap that nobody watches. And then I'm just like, man, I hate myself because now I'm a TikTok creator. And now I'm tempted to do all the crap that stupid TikTok creators do. Like do the same joke over and over and over until everybody's tired of it. And then by that point, the algorithm finally figures out that you're doing the same joke over and over and over. And that's how you get famous. It's a stupid rigged system. But anyways, so I made a, I, I, I've been making a couple of TikToks here and there. And the, the ones that have really struck a chord recently are the uh, the ones about women's self-defense. I've done two TikToks so far talking through some myths about women's self-defense. And, I, you know, I, th- I think the first one was just like a... It wasn't really much of anything. It was kind of like... Just like a simple introduction to uh, how I approach uh, self-defense as a whole. But the one that has really got me in hot water right now was one where I said that women as a whole, are not stronger than men, and therefore, in a self-defense scenario, women should not try to do a strength battle with men. Now, I I figure that's a pretty obvious, you know, statement of fact. You know, women are not stronger than men as a general rule. Yes, there are exceptions. Sure, we can go on and on about the exceptions all the time, but I'm not going to give 95 to 99% of women false hope because of the uh, 1 to 5% of female bodybuilders that can outstrengthen a man. Like, I, I'm not going to give false hope to the other women that says, oh, yeah, yeah, if he's grabbing a hold of you, you can definitely throw him over your shoulder. No, you probably can't. And so, what you need to do is you need to have uh, the kind of skills and the kind of tools that help you to either outmaneuver or, let's say, the best one, carry a gun, so that it doesn't matter how strong he is. If you're carrying a gun, you win. If you carry a gun and you know how to use it, and you have to use it, yes, you win. That was the basic message. And I got some good support from it right away. Like, And I was surprised because women were the ones who liked it. And the ones who didn't like it were the stupid guys. The stupid guys who come over and they say, <laughs> "When they are stronger than you think, huh? This guy's stupid. He doesn't know anything about self-defense." I got. All right, I, I do got to give something to that one guy who said something about self-defense because I made a TikTok right after that, like doing a response thing to uh, his comment, and I basically I, I basically made fun of him and I made up this whole story about uh, how I witnessed. Um, Basically, what I said was I I witnessed this fight between uh, a guy and a girl. And what happened was, uh, since women carry a lot of their strength in their lower bodies, and women's lower bodies are stronger than men's lower bodies, what this woman did is she crouched down low to evade a punch, and she channeled all of her strength into her fist. All of that strength went straight to her fist, and then using her massive 
wonderful, powerful legs, she jumps upward, shooting her fist right into the crotch of her attacker. His eyes go wide. He gasps for breath. Almost as if his eyes were going to pop out of his head. Well, except they did pop out of his head because the man's balls came out of his eye sockets. And I ended that with saying that ever since I remembered that story, that I kind of walk and sit with my legs a little bit closer together than I used to. And he took it well. I mean, like, th this guy took it really well. I was, I was kind of, I was very happy with that. Like, that's the way these things should go. That's the way that comedy is supposed to go. You make a joke about something, and it brings everybody at the table back together. That's how comedy should go. But a couple of these people are just vile. They're just vile. Like, they go on and on. One of them even called me misogynistic. Called me misogynistic saying that I told women that they should just give up since they're not going to be able to outpower a man. And my issue with that right away then was, wait, I didn't say that. I, I didn't say that at all. What I said was, don't do a strength battle. Use other tools that are going to help you to your advantage. So, for example, a gun or jujitsu classes where it's more about your maneuvering rather than your strength. And strength does play a role in jiu-jitsu, but someone who can outmaneuver a stronger opponent can certainly defend themselves and fight off the attacker. Okay? So that's the point I was making. And at no point did I tell any women to give up, but there's just like this, this vicious, vile behavior. From, and it's like we're focused so much on the exceptions that we can't focus on what affects the most people. And I think, I think it's a lot of what's happened with COVID. I think that with COVID, a lot of our focus has been on the exceptions rather than the general rule. And the exceptions are important and we need to do what we can to take care of the exceptions. Like seriously, yeah, I mean, if, if, if there's a woman who can hold her own against a man, go ahead, box the heck out of that guy. I mean it, go for it, go for it. Box him to death. But most women are not going to be able to box with a guy. It's, they're just not going to be able to do it, especially a guy who has practiced violence. That's why I say that women need tools that don't rely on strength. Because men are better at aggression and violence. They just are. And for some reason, that's such an evil, atrocious thing to say that it warrants a, t a terrible reaction. I'm not hurt by it or anything. Like, it's whatever. Like, I've been doing... I, I've been in more sparring matches than I care to count. Uh, some of those sparring matches came fairly close to being fights. Um, and, of course, growing up being a guy, I mean, guys are always wrestling all the time. I've been, I've been submitted quite a few times. Um, I, I've nearly been choked out, I think, twice at this point. And, like, the, the, the number one thing that I know is guys are better at violence because that's part of their growing up. And so what I don't want to happen is I don't want people to be spreading crap to 95 to 99% of women based on the minority. I want those 95 to 99% to be safer because they're relying on good information. And I think that's the approach that we need to take in no matter what we do. The big rules that we put in place, the policy that we put in place, 
needs to be beneficial for the mass population. And then we have the additions, the uh, amendments and the uh, like additional legislation or um, exceptions for the people who are left over. OK, we, we, we need to be able to cover all of our bases, but we also need to make sure that we are not screwing over most people to take care of a few people. That's what I want to get across, because it, it all comes back to kind of like what I was saying uh, a couple episodes ago when I, um, I was talking about Israel versus Hamas and how self-defense should never be a fair fight. I never want to see myself siding with the aggressor. I, anyone who sides with the aggressor against the victim is the aggressor and the oppressor. And I think that you're worse than the original oppressor, because not only is the original oppressor saying, your rights don't matter, so I'm going to take advantage of them, but you're coming along and you're justifying what that person is doing and saying, yeah, and not only that, but we're going to back him up and we don't care what happens to you. That's why I have such a big problem when people side with the attacker instead of siding with the victim. And that's kind of why I take this idea of women's self-defense so seriously is because I don't want to see women hurt by people who aren't looking at this through the lens of the attacker. You need something that gets this attacker off you. If it's a really strong pepper spray, fine. If it's a taser, you better be good with it because you got one shot. Um, or if it's something like jujitsu, you need to train it in an aggressive format so that you're ready to be able to handle an aggressive situation. That's the message I want to get across. I want women safe. And so I'm going to give advice that keeps women safe. We'll be right back for a short devotion in just a moment. Like I said, this one's going to be short. Today in um, my small group with my church, uh, we were going through the beginning of Matthew. We went through, I would say, about half of Matthew chapter 1. And most of that little beginning segment is genealogy. So, like, Abraham begat Isaac, begat, and so on and so forth, all the way up to Jesus. And one of the points that really sticks out to me a lot is when, you know, we oftentimes gloss over the genealogies. Because it's like, oh, but there's, you know, which is just talking about people and their dads and their kids and their grandkids and the great, 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 great grandkids and so on and so forth. Like... When do we get to the part about Jesus? When do we get to the good stuff about Jesus? Daggummit, there I go ripping off Blinding Cow's big egg kid again. So, the thing that I noticed tonight, and I've noticed this before, but like it really hit me tonight because I had a little bit more of a chance and the opportunity to look over these more closely. There's a lot of messed up crap in the genealogies. You have Rahab, who's a prostitute. Uh, you have uh, Ruth, who is a, a Moabite. Would definitely not be considered to be in the lineage of Jesus or a part of like Israel as a whole. Part of Moab. If you know anything about Bible history, that should be like a really shocking thing. She was a Moabite. 
And then after that, you've got, you've got, um, you've also got a, a Judah and Tamar who have a kid. If you remember uh, who Tamar is, Tamar was was a family member of Judah's. There's incest that happens in the lineage of Jesus, and then there's oh, there's so much that happens. You've got Manasseh, King Manasseh, the pagan of pagans. He has a great redemption story, but this is like the pagan of pagans. Like he's the one that's referenced that uh, sent his children through the fires. Like he did evil, evil things in the eyes of the Lord. And of course, the Lord brings his judgment. He brings his punishment. And then we see this beautiful story in uh, Second Chronicles, I believe, where uh, Manasseh is redeemed. He calls out to the Lord and the Lord redeems him. And uh, he comes back through and he leads the whole nation of Israel back to worshiping God. Which is great and all, but then you, but you just look at the lineage of Jesus and it's filled with so much darkness. That's because the Bible doesn't live in a fairy tale realm. The Bible lives in reality. God lives in reality. We get so caught up in how our lives look here because, let's be honest, us here in America, we got it pretty easy. I've been seeing lately a lot of, uh, a lot of really scary stuff that's been coming out of, uh, out of Australia. And, like, the stuff that's coming out of Australia, like, their government is about to become really, really corrupt and really scary. And we don't have that yet in the U.S. We could, but we don't right now. But we get so caught up in how our lives look right now that we completely forget that there is a horrible world out there that is filled with so much evil that we can't even comprehend. There are people who've never seen an act of goodness in this world. But the Bible doesn't live in the fairy tale realm. We live in fairy tale Christianity in the U.S., but the Bible doesn't. The Bible lives in a scary real time when uh, these these warring nations, these warring nations who are against Israel, can have someone come from them who has faith in God and becomes a part of the line of Jesus. Prostitutes become a part of the line of Jesus. Pagans become a part of the line of Jesus. Murderers become a part of the line of Jesus. The Bible lives in a dark, dark space. And it is in that dark space that we find the message of the gospel so compelling. The message of not only is there hope, but that hope has a name and it has saved you from yourself. So yeah, that, that's something that really struck me closely because I, I don't want to live in the fairy tale. Kind of like I was talking about today when I was saying that uh, I don't want to give women bad advice when it comes to self-defense because I want women to be able to protect themselves. 
The Bible doesn't talk in fluffy Christianity language. It talks in the real, the deep, the serious, the evil, the vile. It deals with all of that muck in the world that we sometimes like to turn our eyes away from. But the Bible is there. And that's what brings hope to those generations who are seeking God and seeking to know who He is. So that's what I'm going to leave you with today, guys. Um, please feel free to leave me that in comments. I'll be happy to read comments on air. Uh, big thank you to Andrew Claven. I love getting shout-outs from my people, especially... I'll tell you the Stephen Crowder story another day. Y'all take care, and I'll see y'all next time.